three, two, one. Welcome to Hungry Hip Hop, potless style reviews where we dish out the freshest takes on what these artists are serving up. We're looking for the spiciest bars, vibes, and production in order to expand our palettes and diversify our playlists. What up, guys? Alan here, and we were thinking last week of actually doing Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap, but unbeknownst to us, this new Brockhampton album dropped, so, you know, we had to review it. As soon as it came up, I fucking jumped all over it. <laughs> so, if you don't know, Brockhampton is the world's best boy band that originally met on a Kanye West forum uh, way back in the day, just talking about Kanye and these... Uh, these boys all got together and started making music, moved out to L.A., and then in the summer of 2017 dropped Saturation 1, 2, and 3, all within the same year. And really, 2017 was just a massive, massive year where Brockhampton awesome. went from nothing to just a force in the rap industry. And it's really been kind of a rocky ride since then, if I'm being honest, because they are a group. They have a lot of different members, and one of the members, Amir, Based some pretty serious allegations that happened back in Texas with him and the girl he was dating at the time. And Brockhampton made the decision to actually remove Amir from the band. After after doing the Saturation Trilogy, they moved on to their next album, Iridescence, without him. And then did another album called Ginger in 2019, more reflecting on the trauma that that whole thing brought about and other trauma and Kevin and the other member lives. And then here we are, 2021. We have this this new Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine album that came out kind of under the, under the radar for me, where just like Saturation, I felt like I didn't know too much about this album and then it just exploded onto the scene. I When I first listened, I'll go ahead and say I really, really enjoyed this. This is, I think, one of their best albums. But, Mark, what'd you think? Um... Okay. So, Brockhampton, love them. Great group. Um, was a huge fan in the summer they came out. Uh, loved the Saturation Trilogy. Loved, uh, not loved, but I liked Iridescence a lot. And wasn't the biggest fan of Ginger. I actually don't really, I'll be honest, I don't really like Ginger at all. And I'm sad to say I kind of feel the same way with this album. Um, I will say I did listen to it about three or four times a day. I've had the day off. Uh, I was recovering from surgery. And so I've actually had a lot of time to like play video games and just listen to the album and listen to the album around the house while just doing little stuff. And I like it more than I did the first listen. The first listen, I thought this was a pretty garbage album, like just straight up. I thought this was a garbage album. But after giving it a few more listens and kind of letting it get into the groove of what it was supposed to be, um, I don't think it's a garbage album. I just think it's just not my album. Um, I think they kind of kept with Ginger. So I think if you like Ginger, you'll like this album. So yeah. Ginger was a lot more poppy and had the biggest single to date, which is Sugar, uh, which is a very pop song. And so this album stays in line with that. They do bring back a little bit of rap and a little bit of hip hop. So it is more rap and hip hop than Ginger was, I would say, but barely. Um, and actually, as I'm on Genius, uh, just looking up something about the album, uh, found out that uh, Kevin Aftershock actually 
revealed that in a tweet. He said Roadrunner was originally going to be a pop album, capitalizing off the success of the now platinum single Sugar from the previous album Ginger. However, the band later shifted the album's focus to have more rapid hip hop elements, which is what it sounds like to me. Exactly. Like this sounded like it was originally a pop album, what stuff. So I was kind of, so I'm happy that that's confirmed because I thought I was feeling crazy. I'm like, I don't know. This just does not sound that hip hop. Like there's parts, elements here and there. But if you compare this to Saturation One, like the best thing about Saturation One to me is that it's a hip hop album with pop hooks. And those pop hooks were amazing. But now I just kind of getting more of a pop album with a, some rap verses. And I don't know. It's just like, sure, y'all could do that if y'all want, but it's just not what I really vibe with. So I don't know. Like, I really hope this is, I guess, the second to last album they're going to make. So I really hope the last album they make is. More- oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I mean, do what's good right for them, but that's, that is pretty sad, but yeah, they're yeah. their last two albums this, uh, this year. Um, and apparently it's part of a trilogy called the, uh, the best years of our life trilogy. So with ginger roadrunner and then whatever the next album's going to be. And so, um, ginger is yeah. such a sad album. That's it's interesting that they would start the best years of our lives with ginger. Unless, unless the idea is to like have ginger be the really low starting point where they say this is everything past a mirror and then building it up with roadrunner and then ending on like a high note maybe with the next album but i'll be interested yeah yeah um milo what'd you think of this album okay so this is milo live and in stereo i am coming at this i've heard all of stan campton's discography but i'm not the biggest i'm not like i couldn't tell you all of their names Mm. so that's where i'm coming from what to expect from this album? This album is 46 minutes long and it's going to feel that way because the average song length is three and a half minutes. So be prepared for that when you're listening. As far as the music, what you're going to hear. Yeah, I can see when they say that they wanted this to be a pop album, that makes sense because there are like a lot of guitar loops that are just that sound like they're in a major chord or whatever. Or uh, it just they sound poppy. They sound basic. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. There are a lot of vocal heavy songs on this. You do, as Mark mentioned, get some hip hop, but there are, I would say, a good three or four songs maybe that are just very heavy on the vocals. The lyricism that you're going to get is passive. And that makes sense for a pop album because you just want something acceptable that people could listen to. So it's, it's unoffensive, but it's not terribly deep. There is some good Im- imagery, like I don't know what rapper said it, but he was talking about when you had the hammer pulled back, did you think of me? So I thought that was a pretty powerful image, but the lyricism is not mind blowing. And there are lots of diff- like loads of different voices. So keep in mind, if, if you're not familiar with Brockhampton, they, well, it wouldn't be 12 people now, but there are a lot of people in this band. So you're going to be hearing from a lot of different people, including the features. There's a JPEG Mafia feature on this, as a matter of fact. As for my impression of the album, I found myself... At the end, I'm skipping more than half of the songs on this album. I'm like, I wasn't the biggest fan. But I think that's Brockhampton's brand because there were songs I did like. And I think, yeah, Mark is the one who mentioned this to me when I was first getting into Brockhampton is that their albums are so varied that you are bound to find something on the project that you like. And that was the case here. Like with the vast majority of it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it. But there were some things that I could enjoy. And to close, comparing it to Ginger is spot on. That's... I, this album I would describe overall as boring, and that's what I what I felt about Ginger. 
I feel you. It, and it makes sense that I would be the one to really like this album because I do really like Ginger too. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder if this is like a direction that they just want to like take the last album saying that like they really lean into the we are a boy band kind of angle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, so I've thought about that a lot. And I was saying that um, when Amir left, like before they even dropped their redescence, as soon as Amir left, I said, without Amir, they're a boy band. Like, yes, there's other rappers in the group, but, like, they all rap and kind of sing and do other stuff, too, you know, and make melodies. Amir was the only one in the group who I would say, maybe him and uh, Dom's, but, like, really, Amir is, like, the only one who is a pure rapper in the group. And, like, he was, without a doubt, the grimiest. And so... Uh, the very first single they released was a mere led, you know, grimy ass rap song. And so without a mirror, they're a pop band and, you know, they, they showed they were still able to make great hip hop with iridescence. So I'm kind of wishing they were kept in that direction, but yeah, they, they went into the pop roots with obviously them having their biggest single being sugar. It's not like they made a mistake. Like it's not like the wrong direction. I would never call it the wrong direction. It's just a direction that I'm not a fan of. I don't really listen to pop that much. And so for me, I was cool with a hip hop band that had a pop feel to it. I have a hip hop band that had a pop um, hooks and catchiness and melodies. I was great with that. But then once you're a pop band with a with hip hop influence, then that's when you kind of just got like, eh, to me, you know? but it's all preference. Like, and like you uh, like pop, you will listen to indie rock. And so once again, that's why I was like, oh yeah. Oh, like if you, when you told me that you love this album and I felt so starkly different, I was like, oh yeah. Like you like ginger. So like, it just, it all clicked once you said that. So that's true. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if we can start, we can, I mean, I would love to start with the intro, which is my favorite song on that album. To me, it's the only actual, like, in my opinion, it's the only legit full rap song on this album, in my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I've got a hard disagree there, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but uh, I, this is a song, Buzz Cut, featuring Danny Brown. I love this song. I absolutely fucking love this song. I love every aspect of it. I think the beat's hard. I thought Kevin came in with one of the hardest verses. I, I haven't heard Kevin rap like that in a minute. He was flowing. Um Oh my God. I don't know. I just, I loved it. Uh, I love my brother. Or was it? What'd he say? Uh, truth prevails. This is real miss. My brother. I love my mother. Drove all the way out to Cali just to check up on me. Like, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. his, his flow he had on that was just really good. And then Danny Brown comes in. First of all, I don't remember the last time I heard Danny Brown on a track, but this man comes in with a flow from hell and it's just wilded out like he's tweaking on the track um <laughs> he says you niggas ain't alpha you're incels you normies ain't a part of this crypt and when he said normie i really thought of you because you're the only other person i've ever heard use the word normie <laughs> well people forget danny brown's not a normie he fucking <laughs> streams persona 5 on twitch <laughs> for real bro and so um uh that's why i don't know i love that verse i love both the verses i wasn't i wasn't really sure what joba and merlin were doing at the end uh which is uh this is all i got for you niggas like i don't know it was kind of weird but like i don't know it's what it is it's fine like it's i'm i don't know i'm not for it or against it like the beat and then both um kevin's and danny's verses together made it fire enough for me but Alan, what are what are your thoughts on this? I mean, it's the same thing for me. This is such a strong start because 
when you describe it as pop, like right from the beginning, this is a fucking rap song with a dirty Danny Brown feature on it that I think just like you said goes hella hard. I wish you didn't mention the in, the incel and the doxing bars because you know, you know those were the ones that I was fucking immediately drawn to. But Kevin came through on this. Danny obviously came through on this. Like even from the very first second of the album, just coming in, who let the dope boys out. <laughs> I absolutely think it just fucking hit as a beginning star like song for the album. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you've already said everything I want to say. It's a fire track and it was a single before the album came out. So I kind of knew what was coming up, mm-hmm. but in the context of the album, it's even better. Milo. So this song is part of the reason I called them stank Hampton because this song, it has the stank, like <laughs> the, the vibe of the music is just like a bunch of lads, cruising around in a musty jeep looking to get into some ultra violence or mad villainy and i like that stature coming from the music the kick was fat it felt like something i might hear from p diddy and there was a little beat switch in there about two-thirds of the way into the song that was nice and smooth and pretty cool and then at the tail end of the song there's this saxophone with just enough reverb on it to make it sound like it's off in the distance it was just musically that's what sold me on this song and why I think that for, I think it's a pretty strong intro to a Brockhampton album. The lyricism would be the only thing I would say was lacking here. I didn't get a lot of lyrics. The only line I have down is blow a lot of smoke like they breath in the wind, which if you think about it too much, probably isn't that great of a line, but yeah, strong intro, like the music definitely in the running Mm -hmm. for the, for the playlist. One other thing I wanted to mention is I love the bridge on this song when Kevin and the other singer come in. Now get the fuck out of my ride. Get the fuck out of my ride. Yeah. Yeah. The song goes through a bunch of different phases, so I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, but but I don't know. I think this is... This is by far the best rap song on the album. But yeah, I'm willing to even argue that this is the only rap song on the album, but I guess we'll get to other songs and I'll argue why. But um, um well, why isn't track two a rap song? It has JPEG Mafia on it, dude. Okay, so track two, perfect example. Let's get to that. Tell me what you like about that. You start and then we can, I'll get it. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, obviously we're starting out with JPEG Mafia. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you've ever heard of JPEG Mafia. He is, his profession is rapper. So that's definitely a clue that this is a rap song for me. And and they're talking about, go ahead, throw a chain on, nigga. Like, that's the whole, What what is more rap than that? That's the most <laughs> rap vibe that I can think of. That's, you know, that's not even like this new Brockhampton type socially aware rap. That's like 2000s, 50 Cent would say that. So I don't know where, like, clearly this is, rapped verse with like a guest rapper talking about chains it's like having ice cream and chocolate syrup and saying oh no but this doesn't this doesn't count as a sundae this is a this is in one of these new desserts well actually i would it's kind of all the ingredients of a sundae coming together but you're just arbitrarily calling it not for some reason i don't understand jpeg mafia though fucking fire on this track as always and Oh, this is this is the one where they have that um, the, the outro is they they remix uh, Method Man, Dollar Dollar Bills, y'all. I 
I was I laughed when I heard that. Isn't um, isn't that Wu Tang? Yeah. Wait, why why am I confused? Isn't wait, he's on he was on Wu Tang. Yeah, he's part of Wu Tang. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. why okay, that's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah. It's I I I said the guy and you said you were it's in a Wu Tang song. That's why we're skipping out. Anyway, the song's fire. Why do you say this isn't rap though? Yeah, what's the what's the sit here, dude? So you named some of the ingredients of the ice cream, but in my opinion, you were naming the cherries, the nuts, the chocolate, but the ice cream wasn't there. That's what I felt like on this album. The production, if you took away um if you took away uh Peggy's rapping and Dom's rapping or whatever, and like just listen to the production, this is a pure like indie, like poppy production i was i heard this wait listen I, to what you just said though if you take out the rapping it's not rap no but you, it's That's just still literally- sound hip-hop it's just still sound hip-hop this would like take away the verses on buzz cut and if i heard that i'd immediately want to start freestyling because the beat is like a hip-hop like a heavy beat you got to this and from literally this until the end of the album except for i would say the exception of uh don't shoot up the party but except for that Almost every beat from here on to the end of the uh, album is pretty passive. And, like, they're very passive. They're low-key, low energy for the most part. And but you've never said that about a low-key production-produced album before, that this doesn't count as rap. You're being like a Republican right now. <laughs> Just like you're, you know, this, oh, no, that doesn't count as infrastructure for the infrastructure bill. Like, clearly it doesn't, you know. You're just like the Mitch McConnell of rap. Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, that an insult? He's, oh, the goddamn. You're like a Republican right now. <laughs> I mean, I would have seen that. Wait, but that's fair. If you want to, go ahead. Um, yeah, so, so, no, for me, it's the fact that these are very obviously pop instrumentals that people are rapping on. And I'm not a fan of that. I like especially no like it could be different if this was like their first time I was introduced to them. But like I know the beats that Ramil can make. I know the beats that these dudes can make. These dudes make fire beats. Fire beats. Fire beats. Like when I heard on Iridescent uh district, district is one of the hardest beats I've heard in my life. I don't care what rapper or band. Like they can make and they're being consistent of that through all of the um uh through the saturation trilogy and through iridescence. All those albums had heartbeats. Ginger was the first time where you stopped getting heartbeats and you just start getting really passive, low-key, you know, very um uh not middle school, but um stripped down. You mean laid back? But uh, see, I also disagree with that because how does like what about like summer off of off of saturation too or what about san marcos off of iridescence yeah you have those songs but they're not the album they're not the whole album i love summer i and that's what i loved about uh saturation trilogy is it was varied you got songs like summer you got songs like heat you also got songs like bank that were like very poppy like it's you got the variation and i feel like ginger was no variation just pop and this is like 70 percent pop with like 30 percent variation but we'll see but you um, just described variation by saying like it's only partly varied which means it's like varied right i think but you're, varied, do, but varied. Is your, mark let me ask you a question is your issue yeah. that you don't like the production on the album or that it's not rap because if you're saying it's not rap then i'm going to be really really picky next week with fucking chance like 
nope, this is a gospel song. I'll admit there's like three gospel songs on that album, but then there's like eight full rap songs on that album. That's you can argue that if you want. Not enough rap for me. This is a rap How podcast. You... I'm wondering where you're getting this. Anyway, yeah, my yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Go ahead. Bye-bye. This song Chain On, like what are you hearing in the production? It's honestly just a typical boom bat pattern kick. Snare, oh, dude, kick, so kick, boring. snare, kick, kick. It snare. makes me forget. Then, it makes me forget the song's going on. To be honest, an electric looping, the little looping, which has been done before, like has been done before in hip hop. This little electric loops repeating randomly. So those are the. That's it. Like that's all you're working with here. Where are you getting the pop? Where's the pop coming from? I don't like this song, bro. You have a boom bap snare, and then you have that. Is that it? See, you can you cannot like the song. Not liking the song is fine, but you're just this is the this is a straight up fine rap in, song. Fine, and fine, I don't... fine, fine. You're right. You're right. Put it that way. There's other songs on here that are more poppy than rap, but I do feel that they wasted a JPEG verse. I feel like they completely wasted a JPEG verse on a very boring instrumental because it's hard for me, even with how good Peggy is a rapping. I don't fucking love Peggy. I, with how great as he is rapping and as great as bars as he get, gets. I, I can't I'll, I can't focus in on his, on his verse at all. I just keep getting taken out of it because I'm not enjoying the actual instrumentation. Okay, I can agree with that. But I was wondering, and the song I was thinking of was, was uh, Little, or sorry, Miss Sunshine or My Sunshine by Jay-Z. It has like this weird little like looping in the background. So like that's been done before in hip hop. And even that's a sample of a sample. So I didn't right, even, I take my I, statement back. It's hip hop, <laughs> but it's boring hip hop that I think. That yeah, one. that's that's more fair. You don't have to like it, but you can't just you're cast off into the pop realm of exile. Uh, as for so yeah, I said the beat like when I wrote down the notes, I said the beat was a little old fashioned, which is fine for, for my taste, but for the listeners out there, it is it's going to take you back to a different time in hip hop for a second. The the hook on this was not. I don't even really remember. Oh, go ahead, throw a chain on that. Yeah, the hook wasn't very catchy to me. I don't know, Alan. Did you did you find that hook catchy? We know we yeah, are. Yeah, I mean you. I mean you just sang it. Okay. Like uh, well, of course I do. You just you literally I, just. But that's because I quoted. I quoted. I wrote it down. So I would, would talk. <laughs> but, but you didn't. But you didn't just say it out loud. You you sang it. You, okay, fine. Just read it, but you did sing it. Fine. And I thought the little Wu Tang sample at the end. I didn't. I didn't. That didn't. It wasn't offensive. It just didn't make sense to me because there's nothing about what was said in the song or maybe like the vibe of the music is what warranted it but that might catch a couple people off guard who listen to this but this song's a skip for me by the way overall so ultimately i side with mark on this i would be skipping this song but for different reasons at least at the start did anyone like count on me the song right after it Count on me. Let me no. find out um, that was the one when I would say had a super poppy hook on it. Um, yeah, yeah, this one is definitely more poppy. Yeah, uh, I've. <laughs> God, you guys are gonna. Um, so, I similar to the previous song, I feel like this was a wasted ASAP Rocky and a wasted. Um... Oh no! Wait, is 
No, no. Is that the... So ASAP's on two, two songs. He's on this. Right. I'm thinking of Bankroll. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, there, never mind. I'm wrong. So on Count On Me, I really like this hook. I really, really like this hook. Um, it'll be okay no matter what they say about us. Like, I thought that was a really good hook. The verses were not my favorite. Um, it's really easy to fall out. In fact, that was my main note, was that nice beat, nice hook but not a single verse stood out. Like, not that chance. Wait, how many people, a lot of people rap on this, bro. So, Rocky rapped on it. It sounded like Pop Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's what killed it for me. Like, what you're talking about? The verses taking you out? I was like, <laughs> well, okay, can I, okay, you know I need to tear you a new one based off your criticism <laughs> right? Because Wait, you started talking this about? One... No, no, not you, not you. Not you, we're talking <laughs> okay. about <laughs> Because you started this whole thing, I I like when Brockhampton is rapping. I don't, I don't like when they get too poppy. Like I don't like the song with JPEG Mafia. It's pop. But then you talk about this song that you do like, and it has Shawn Mendes on it. What like, did I say? What, what did I say? I liked about saturation. What did I say? I liked about it. I said I like the I like the hip hop production, hip hop beats, and the poppy hooks. What did I say I liked about this song? The poppy hooks. I love poppy hooks. Give me poppy hooks. I know, but you also said that there were you couldn't remember any of the hip hop verses that are happening. And I can't because these are boring as hell because over poppy production. If this was a more hip hop production with the poppy hooks, they even have songs on Saturation One where they'll flip the beat for the hook and give you that poppy hook and then flip it right back. I think it's, it might be Bump or it might be a different song, but then they'll flip it right back and then they'll give you the hip hop production. Like they do beat switches all the time. There's no reason they can't do it more. Like it's, it's just it's the I will this entire album. My flaw with it is the production is either boringly passive hip hop or a more pop production. One of the two. Yeah, I think you're 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 drawing the you're like where you're drawing the lines is really like kind of nitpicky to me. But anyway, just go to, ahead, Milo. Bolster Mark's position here. I'm looking at the writers from the Wikipedia track list, mm-hmm. and one of the writers is is list here as boring. That that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> so for what that's worth out there, but he's not the producer. <laughs> no, he's not the producer. He's the writer. He's listed as a writer. So the yeah, Mark basically said the same thing that what sold me on the song was the hook. I'll, and there was this little whistle in the melody that would come in and out. I think it was like on the first part of the song, it was there. Then when you got toward the middle, it went away for a little bit. It was just really like far in the background, but little whistle, like a saxophone or little whistle kind of melodies, like that stuff for some reason, it just all, oh, it just works really well. Like the whistle song by what was the old boy's name? Little you know what I'm there I go, baby. Don't stop. Who is that dude's name? Anyways, but stuff like that works for me. But as far as the rapping goes, that's not what sold it for me on this song. Also, Mark, do you remember off Saturation One? There was like, I think it was it must have been Kevin who says who was saying, uh, "I don't fuck with no white boys except for that nigga." I'll fuck with no white boys unless the Shawn Mendes. <laughs> and now yeah. Shawn Mendes is here on a track. Yeah, I mean, you how got far them. they've come. Yeah, they, you know, they. I'm proud of them. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Alan, what's another? Jules Santana, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, Alan, what's another one that you liked on here? I mean, the next one I like is Bankroll's next song. <laughs> 
this is this one just this is a banger i don't care if, if you say this production is boring i don't even know why we're having a podcast because <laughs> this song's a fucking banger like getting asap rocky asap berg just like great features who have like really unique voices i feel like and i'm kind of like <laughs> I, I i don't even know how to describe the way that the beat just kind of like feels really it's kind of a cliche word but like savage or like kind of wild to me Uh and then i also the chorus also just like bump up in my jeans i got a bankroll never show them that green i got a bankroll i fucking eat that shit up like to me it it goes hard this is the same reaction i had listening to this song that i first time i heard gold Mm -hmm. basically I don't like gold. One of my least favorite song on uh, Saturation One. I don't like gold. I know people that's, love it. I'm, a, I know, I know I'm in the wrong. Opinion, dude. I know that's, that's a, a hot take. Opinion. Most people love that song. I fully agree I'm in the wrong with that. But I don't I don't like that song. I do not like gold. Okay. Our, I really didn't know that we like both allegedly <laughs> liked Brockhampton, but just like you could just make me so triggered about it. We both love Brock Captain, but we're exact opposite sides of Brock Captain. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a, that's a that's a uh, a pledge to their versatility. The fact that's that hella they have true. Two yeah. huge fans who despise the same type of tracks, you know. Um, like, it's reminded me of still just coming back to Kanye. I miss the old Brockhampton. Yeah. Talk about the soul Brockhampton. Exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> Crazy beats Brockhampton. <laughs> <laughs> a mirror in the group Brockhampton. <laughs> um, not saying they made the wrong decision, obviously, but I did think the music was better with them. But um, all right, so for this album, or for sorry, for this song, I kind of feel the opposite of what I feel about Count on Me. So the verses stuck out. I thought Ferg did great. I thought Merlin did great. I wasn't expecting it, like fuck with Merlin like that on the song. I thought Merlin did great. Um, I thought. Rocky's part was okay. Uh, wasn't didn't really have much. Uh, I I didn't find a hook. That I got a bankroll. Uh, I got a lump in my jeans. I don't know. Like it, the hook didn't do it for me. And I would probably say more so because the production <laughs> just did not do it for me on the song. I did not find this beat hard. I did not think this beat slapped. I was and this was the song I was most hyped for. I'm like, wait, you got Ferg and Rocky on a song, and it's called Bankroll. This shit about to slap. So I came in ready for this song and I was just so let down by how lackluster this production felt. And so for me, like I've tried, like I said, I've listened to song album four times a day, probably three, four times a day. I've listened to song every t- or song every time and I was every time unimpressed. Uh, it, it, would, it would refuse to grow on me. So yeah, but I thought, I thought the verses were good. I thought the rappers were great. I just thought the production was lackluster. Milo? I side with Mark on this, and but I would go even further as to say everything about the song was lackluster. The song is a hard skip for me, as in I, I don't even have anything written down yeah. for the song. It was a I did nothing about the song was hooked me. Not in the little in the little bankroll, like the bankroll hook. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah. Damn. You might be this island's only defender, Alan. <laughs> or maybe I'm the only one with a bankroll. <laughs> That's all shit. You, guys always, like you guys always want to bring it up. I get to bring it up. <laughs> um, 
All right. Um, well, I mean, Jesse might as well talk about it. It's like one of the most important songs on the album. The Light is the next song. Alan, you want to start with this? Because I know you were the first one to mention it to me. I mean, so when we say this album is a little bit like Ginger inspired, to me that says this album talks about really serious shit. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the saturations didn't talk about serious shit, but this is like getting personal into what actually happened with, um, with Joba. Uh-huh. Is, is that how you say it, Joba? Yeah, Joba. So, I mean, I guess I'll just say this is the story of the lead up of him being born and eventually leading up to his father's suicide when he shoots himself later in the, the second half of this album. And to me, the, the one thing that I'm going to just remember 10 years after listening to this song is going to be this the chorus that Joba sings for the record I can fly around the world absorbing light something's missing deep inside the light and just considering the context of knowing about well I I wasn't going to sing it but the moment in the song it comes through really really prominently Mm -hmm. and then when you look at the lyrics and you see this is about his father's suicide this is about how to cope without the light of your father in your life it's I don't know, it was really powerful. And the way that that specific chorus comes in and kind of stops the rest of the song and then brings it into this other direction, I thought was really cool. But the one thing I want to acknowledge is it's not, it's not rappy. It's not, you know, it's not a banger. But to me, it's a really like very vulnerable point in the album that like really resonated with me and why I like, why I feel like this album really does reach so much further than iridescence and the light and the light part two are both two main reasons why uh mark yeah so i have mixed feelings about this song i will start off and say i'm not a fan of this song i don't really like it that doesn't decrease its importance to me though i definitely recognize the importance of the track and how in line this is with brockhampton like brockhampton is known for being an emotionally vulnerable group you know that's the type of people they attract are people who've been hurt emotionally in different ways which is kind of why they had to kick a mirror after he did his shit because it's like you're a band that stands up for the lgbt community that stands up for the black community like in like just whatever you know oppressed groups in general and uh you know and then mental health issues too like that's those are all the main topics and so this is completely in line with brockhampton but I just didn't think the song was good. Like, just, like, musically, it just wasn't interesting, I thought. Uh, so, yeah, it's a kind of like a guitar-led track, uh, kind of indie track. Uh, and Joba's rapping on this, actually. Like, I felt like Joba was spitting. But it didn't sound good. Like, this is, this is the only thing for me to say. It's, I just didn't think it sounded good. Like, it wasn't. there was nothing catchy about it. It was uh, nothing, no rhythm, nothing to get you, you know, moving or even nodding your head. It's just, okay, like, this is, This feels more like he's trying to deliver a message, which is what he's doing, you know? And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to the message. Oh, wow, that's a really good message. It wasn't a great song, but good message. So that's just kind of how I felt about the song, unfortunately. Milo? Yes. So if you're listening to this song, you're listening to it for the substance. Like, the substance of the song is there, and I've I think that's a good use of hip hop is, you know, trying to get a message message out there and having lyrics that are thought provoking and are of substance and tell a story. And as far as the music goes, to me, it could be hit or miss with the person. They could really like the music. They could not. 
I personally personally wasn't the biggest fan of the electric guitar. And then there was like, the, I don't know what instrument it was, but there was an instrument doing this, whatever, arpeggio, riff, whatever you want to call it, that was really dissonant and did not mesh with the, well, the rest of the sound. And it really, I didn't like the tension there. It wasn't my favorite. And there were some vocal effects that they did on the, on the rapper's voice set. Just, I, th- I thought it was unnecessary and a little bit distracting. So that's, the music took me out, took me away from the substance. But as far as the substance and the lyrical ability here, that is, that's solid. So something else to mention about the song. I never know if comments like this are reading too far into it or not. But when Alan mentioned that this was about a suicide, ultimately, that might explain why the song ends so abruptly this song really just cuts off and then we move on. So I don't know if that was an artistic decision to, you know, basically recreate the feeling of losing someone suddenly to a death, what a homicide, suicide, but that that's, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about, about there is one line. It could be corn. I like, I'm on the fence about it. It could be corny to some people. Some people might think it's genius, but he says, ain't no love in this game. This is not tennis. So that's one example where I would say there's actual thought being put into this lyricism in addition to the, the subject matter. Yeah, no, there's, there's 100% definitely thought put into it. But um... one thing I want to say about the, about the instrumentals on this is it's, it's not even like a mainstream, it's not even like a mainstream pop guitar style. I would call it almost somewhere between a, like a grunge guitar. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, right. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's a perfect characterization. Yeah. That sounds accurate to me. Um, uh, so talking on here. What did somebody else like? I mean, it's not right after that song. We get the longest song on the album, six <laughs> minutes. Windows. Was anyone in love with this song? Because it was hard no, to get through both times. I will say that times. the next couple, the next couple tracks are probably my least favorite on the album really? yeah so they're your favorite oh no, no, no 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 hold on hold on oh hold on hold on, okay. hold on hold on hold on so uh who is so gone so flexy oh wait he signed to kevin abstract who the hell is this first of all wait kevin abstract and ramil have their own record label called video store apparently and so gone so flexy is somebody who signed to it um Anywho, anywho, though, I'm not gonna lie. I loved his verse. I loved his verse. To me, this sounded like an Amir. Like I, I was like, oh my, he sounds gritty. He sounds grimy. His voice is, I love it. And so, I don't know. I love the so gone so flexy verse. After that, it kind of got a little boring. Except I did like the, I like Merlin's. Uh, I like the go Merlin, go Merlin, go Merlin. I thought that was kind of fun. After that, I was done. Uh, I did not need Matt's verse. I did not need Jabari's hook. I did not need Dom's verse. I did not need Jabari's hook. I did not need Joba's verse. I did not need Ryan Betty's bridge. I did not need Kevin's in a loot. I did not need Bareface's. Like, it was like, bro, like those first two verses were cool for me, but y'all just had to get every nigga on this track and you ruined it. It became incredibly boring. But so what two- about the what about the in-sync vocals at the end? Uh, why you were start praying when that trouble come around? 
when they are all oh, like singing. Oh, I like I liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I like I like start that. praying when trouble comes around. I like that a lot. I mean, I don't even really remember it to be honest. So I guess it really didn't do much for me, but yeah. Wait, so you didn't like you didn't like Dom's verse? No. Um, Dude, my pen could be a fortune teller or an ATM. That line is fire. That's a, great, that's a, that's a bar, but uh, I don't know. He just, I, I don't know. I think I was just so sh- shocked by like the grittiness of uh, the, so gone for flexi and then Merlin. That after that, it got a lot less gritty. Like no one really gave like grimy a grimy sense like that, and so I don't know. But but that's the point of Brockhampton that they're like that they're all different. Yeah, no, they, exactly. And like songs like Star, they'll all be different and do different stuff. But like. I don't know. They're what it's attractive. It's just that so gone or so gone. God, I hate this dude's name. So gone, so flexy, and Merlin gave me the ones I thought were attractive. And it's not like I'm not talking about something different, but these were just boring to me. They just bore me. That's a bad name. So gone, so flexy. I'm That's never a bad name, bro. I was thinking the same thing as soon as you read the name. Horrible name. Um, <laughs> Go back and change that name, sir. <laughs> quick side note. Because uh, I keep seeing as I'm clicking on these songs on Genius, this whole album was mixed by Ali, uh, Kendrick's engineer, the k- engineer for TDE. Makes all the Kendrick's oh, schoolboys, cool. all Kendrick stuff, all schoolboy stuff. So it's kind of interesting that they got him to mix this album. Um, anywho, though, so yeah, that's just kind of how I felt. Um, Alan, your thoughts on this? Or did you get roots? I mean, I. I'll just say that like it's not definitely not my favorite song, but one of the like the lines that I'm gonna remember is gonna be uh, Dom talking about my pen could be the fortune teller or an ATM. That's one of my very oh, favorite wow. rap lines off this album, and I think I would say another like to pick one more thing that I really liked. Oh, and then and then. Kevin, Kevin's like distorted thing at the end that Milo brought up. Why you always start praying when that trouble come around? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really like honest way to talk about like when people tend to fall into patterns of real prayer when they like when they're desperate. And I don't know, he did it in a really cool way. And the the way that the distortion happens makes it feel like some weird prophet is talking to you. So I like that a lot too. So for y'all out there, this song Windows is going to radiate, at least for me, it radiated a lot of old school vibes. Like the first note I have about the production is boom bap, which is a a bad word for certain individuals. But for me, that's perfectly fine. I There was a little lo-fi outro too on the, so you, you get the boom bap stuff and then you hit these NC vocals toward the end. And then there's this outro that's really lo-fi and cool like that the hook wasn't the best wasn't the greatest for me though we at the window that boy coming for you okay cool so i see you've been looking at frank ocean's notes and there was a line i don't know who said it i don't know who said the line but it said i don't like sleep time is the only luxury so for me that was a pretty cool line because it took me back to Nas off of ny state of mind when he says i never sleep to sleep is the cousin the cousin of death so that was cool. This isn't a skip for me. It's not a love. It's not if the album, someone put the album on, I'm not going to tell them to play this song specifically, but if it comes on, I'm not going to tell them to stop. 
playing this song. And I'll just close with this last line. I don't know. Once again, there are so many voices on this on this track. This is a six minute track. And I can understand why Mark thought it was boring, because there's another song. There's another track called Got My Mind Made Up off of Tupac's, uh, Tupac's album, All Eyes on Me. And it's just basically a cypher with a bunch of di- different rappers. But it works because I like what those rappers had to say. But if you get a lot of verses that you feel like you don't need, you're going to be sitting here for six minutes basically at an open mic that's well mastered and it's just not going to be fun but i don't so i don't know who said this but envy's so green it should be flying a saucer whoever said it had an english accent is there someone in brockhampton with an english accent or who affects an english accent oh well that was that was bareface that was bareface oh, okay okay he doesn't typically rap so i don't know Sings. Oh, Bear, I mean, there's few artists in Brockhampton. I think could succeed solo. Bareface is one of them. Bareface is, has beautiful singing. I would love to hear like a five song EP of just all the songs that he in saturation with. Summer. Um, where are the other ones, Island? There's Summer. There's. Wait, what's the last one off one? Because because you know me, I'm a two guy. Yeah, I'm, I can't remember right now. But anyways, all the songs he finishes on, those are all fire and so um every time he comes on and sings i think a man is amazing and so bareface is one of the few i think if he wanted to go solo he could and that's one thing about Brockhampton i really appreciate just in general is they always end their albums really 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 yeah. well and it's usually not like a rap song yeah like my favorite of their closers is san marcos off of my least favorite album of theirs iridescence uh it might be summer but I, I love San Marcos. Yeah. The last one. Oh, no, that's Saturation, too. We want Saturation. The last song off of Saturation is Waste. Waste. Yes. Mm-hmm. Waste. Oh, my God. Especially after having such a hard hitting album, hitting him just plucking the guitar and singing, you like a lullaby to sleep. God, I really like, I will love Bareface Lullaby album, dog. <laughs> fall asleep, too. That man has a beautiful voice, dog. But I, uh, I he should have made Supermarket. <laughs> Yo, this nigga Logic gonna owe us a check for how much we shot him out on this album, dog. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> All right, this fucking podcast. Um, Summer was better though, off of Saturation Two. <laughs> Saturation um, Two, their best album. Oh God, fuck out of here. Oh, um, it is. You will one day see the light. I will. <laughs> fuck out of here. Um. I really want to talk about the next song, I'll Take You On, featuring Charlie Wilson. Mm-hmm. This is the best hook on the fucking album. Oh my God. As soon as this fucking hook comes in, I can't help but dancing. I'll take you on. Like that shit is so, uh, like, it's poppy, but that's like, that's like an upbeat pop. Like that shit makes you want to dance. Like this is pop in the way that Igor's pop. Like, I love Igor as a pop album because that shit has me, like, dancing, you know? this I hear this hook and I want to dance. The verses are letdowns, though, I'm going to be honest. The verses are, like, so kind of, like, I don't know. I don't want to say they're letdowns. Like, they're a nice chill from the hook. But I don't know. I kind of, the hook is so good. Like, this is this is Saturation 1 type. I think Saturation 1 had their best hooks. And I think this is, like, that type of, like, good hook. I think it's really good. And it's really groovy. Uh, but like it's such a highlight that it makes the verses that really aren't that bad, but it makes them really dull compared to how groovy that hook is. So that's my opinion on the song. Um, Milo? Yes. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
I'm pretty sure most listeners are going to like this song because it uses a formula that's been tried and tried again. This song is basically, it's Miami based. So that boom, chip, boom, chip, boom, chip, boom, boom, chip up. So that's, I mean, it has Swing My Way by Envy, Inaj My Boo, that at night, I think, that, that with the Running Man <laughs> Challenge. That, that's yeah, the that's And then you have that, that hook. You have the catchy hook that Mark was talking about going over that tried and tried again dance beat. I didn't like this song on a first listen, by the way. This song was a skip for me on a first listen. But then when I listened to it again, it just paints such a vivid picture in my mind. It is like speeding down the 101 in a red beamer with, you know, a baddie in the passenger seat with the with the top down. Like it just it's so bright and so summery. It was it was great. At first, I thought the hook was cheesy on the first listen, but when I listened to it again, I, I was I was I was sold on the song. But I take it based on what Alan said when I brought up Windows that you weren't you weren't and you didn't like busting flossing off of the big day. So if I remember, the song is much. This song is way 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 better than than busting flossing. No matter what I no matter what I say about this song, the song is leagues better than any song off big day <laughs> and you also didn't like um always got you off big day so if you if you didn't like the song that surprise me i mean i i at least appreciate the hook on this like you guys said i liked my favorite like i think this album is i would describe as joba's album and the thing that i am going to remember about this song is open up your heart and i'll give it into you that's going to be the thing that always sticks out the rest of the the rest of the song kind of is not really like mark you said the verses didn't really stick with you i agree but i i don't know it's just interesting because you like all the pop songs on this more than i do and anyway yeah, yeah this one wasn't my favorite but i did appreciate the joba like chorus part the song right after it's super poppy too old news that one also had a fun uh, yeah, Lots of guitar riffs, heavy on the vocals. I would think that these two songs were kind of the where they snapped on the the vocal heavy songs. I I thought this was boring. I did not like old news. Um, nothing about this did it for me. Plain and simple. Um, well, I'm gonna be real with you. That was how I felt on the first listen, but then I listened to it the second time and I liked old news. Okay. I was not a. I'll just say I wasn't. I wasn't a big fan of this one either. Hey, Alan, I agree. <laughs> we'll also like one of the same ones. We have, we should at least like one of the same. You should have liked what? Yeah, the should be. We both crossover. like the opening track. Yeah, we both love Book Cut. You know, I think we all like. Yeah, we all like. We it. love Book Cut. That's probably going to be on the almost playlist for sure. Um, was anybody feeling what's the occasion? I was, to be honest. Uh, I was a huge fan of Matt. That's Matt Champion, right? that uh is singing that for the most part yeah that's matt um i thought that sounded really really good oh that's joe ben matt okay yeah um i don't know it has a vibe to it i i really don't know how to describe it more than that but uh even though it's my, my favorite song the like what's the occasion uh it's not i'm not dancing poppy but like it's dreary in a very like inducing way like i'm being mesmerized uh and i don't know i like it <laughs> it's a nice nice change of pace Alan? so we were talking earlier about how like like bareface could be an indie rock guy i feel like mm-hmm. if rockhampton ever wanted to do like a series of shows 
with just like singing and acoustic guitar, this would be one of the songs from this album that I would want to be played at this show. Because really, when you look at it, it's just a chorus, a million little pieces all add up to nothing lately. Swim within my bed sheets like nothing on a celebration. And then the verses are like really short and they're not sung very quickly. So to me, I could imagine this as just a like a guitar-based rock song. And I, I mean that in a good way. It's like, it's perfectly fine. But to me, this is a time when Brockhampton isn't experimenting very far and isn't like challenging me sonically. So it wasn't really my favorite. It's it's fine. It, it sounds pretty good, but this wasn't really pushing me too far in any like good direction. But Milo? Yes, so this song, What's the Occasion? Once again, we get lots of guitar, and in this installment, we get uh, some really harsh strumming of, on the guitar that I really just way too harsh for me. I, I wasn't, I wasn't about it. Dreary is a good word for it, Mark. And there was like a little music switch up at the end that just sounded so cheesy. It sounded like something right out of Rent or Cats straight out of Broadway off the theater and that's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself like if I go and pay all this money to see a Broadway feature I'm gonna like the music but I guess it's just not what I'm looking for in hip-hop necessarily perhaps if it had been paired with a different soundscape that came before it but it just it struck me as really corny and I don't have any lines written as far as like lyrics go for this song it wasn't my favorite this one's a skip for me on a second listen or a third listen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, when I ball, I thought that was fun. Skip. <laughs> Tell me why. <laughs> when I ball, really? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why this. You want to talk about production? This sounded like the celebration music you listen to at the end of a racing or melee battle royale style, style game when you like beat the tournament. <laughs> and yeah, he was just rapping. The credits over that. are rolling. It's not just beating a regular level. <laughs> the credits are fucking rolling. Yeah. Yes, and then they put this weird baby voice on the hook that I wasn't. I was like, no, Playboy Cardi, please, no. I wasn't. I wasn't about it. So the the music and then the baby voice on the hook. I will give it this. There was substance. Like he was reflecting on past struggles, but yeah. I could not take the song seriously with the two elements that I just mentioned. But apparently, Mark felt this was a bop. No, okay, sorry. So I felt like I liked Matt Champion's verse. Um, I thought uh, on my fr- oh, was it on my sucker free shit since I was a fetus. Like I don't know. I thought that was dope. I like that. Um. But, I mean, that was the most memorable part of this song for me. I honestly can't even think of the rhythm in my head or the beat anymore. So, um, I did originally write <laughs> my notes was boring production, dot, 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 again. But I do remember I was listening to it outside working earlier today. I was on my Friday working. I remember liking the uh, the song and looking over to see what song it was, and it was When I Ball. And I remember it was, Matt, it was during Matt Champion's verse. And so... I liked his verse at the very least. I can't necessarily claim that for the rest of the song, but uh, he had a good verse and it was bopping when he was rapping. Alan? Uh, so the, I can't get past the baby voice. I really, really cannot. And which, which sucks because I feel like if you just sang the song, just sang the chorus in like a normal octave, I would totally have liked this song. But 
every time I think about it, and like when you think of a song, the first thing you think of is the chorus, and it's, I mean, I mean, it's it's Playboy Cardi kind of stuff where I don't like, I don't like Dilit because that voice takes me out of it, right? But I like whole lot of red because it's raspy and that's something that like I can actually vibe with a lot. The as far as math first goes, there was like. On my sucker free shit since I was a fetus pulling up at the dock in a Mazda 626 and my dad was tripping bad hitting gas like a car chase light blue in the back mama getting late for pay brought my sister at the bozo house was 23 sweat dropping down the face side red river running free and I was just like that's a story of him being born fucking in the car outside the hospital that's fucking gnarly and just it sucks that that story has to be Playboy Cardi, you know, in the chorus, and I, I really don't like that chorus. Huh? <laughs> no, it like I, I don't see how it didn't like stick out more to you because it clearly yeah. was like, oh god, they're really doing this right now. Was like yeah, my actual. I didn't reaction. even know it. That's crazy. I have to. I got. I want to listen to it now. Shit, I'm gonna go back right after this is over. Because like just from the name, I didn't know what it was, and then Milo said, "Oh, but they did this baby voice thing on the chorus," and I was like, "Oh God, I fucking know." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up so this that? is kind of the end of uh, where I would say the like the album is my. We're getting back into the second half, which I like a lot more than the middle. Okay. So. What's the next one, Milo? <laughs> The next song after that is Don't Shoot Up the Party, which I think okay. is the crown jewel of this album. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Woody. It's our, I would say musically, as far as like art artistry goes, it's very well crafted. And the, the first thing that stands out to me is the use of suspense at the beginning. I'm a sucker for just like rapping over very like minimal stuff, just minimal production, and then punching in over... A hard beat and just building up suspense that way because you know it's it's kind of like the drop when you're listening to EDC you know without the without the like the piano build up to the drop it's just the voice and the vocalist just going in and you know that that punch is coming so that to me is just one example of how I thought that the the musical artistry here was it was pretty well crafted and the delivery the way he actually rapped what it dovetailed with the music that created this really hypnotic effect, kind of like a, a chant or an anthem. The one thing I guess I could compare to off the top is that like, you can't deny it, I'm a straight rider. You got like that kind of- With me, A. <laughs> it's not the same cadence, it's not the same cadence. Yeah, I'm just saying how, how that, I don't know, it's just a, it's a different style of rapping that it's more of a like a chant. The hook was cool, I like the substance, the substance was there talking about police violence. And I also, this is another example of the artist, the musical artistry. I like the Kendrick Lamar, I'm dying of thirst gunshot randomly in the middle of the song. Mm -hmm. That to me was pretty cool. I, was, I don't know if they meant to, to evoke Kendrick vibes off of that, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was funny. I'm... Um. I really liked Kevin's first verse on this. I mean, I like, I like this whole song. Well, let me first say this. This song might be the most Brock Hampton sounding song on the album, in my opinion. 
this sounds like not in terms of like whether it being good or bad, but this, if I just had to think of what does a Brockhampton sound sound like, I would think of something like this, like the weird sounds in the hook, bouncy, jumpy. Um, Kevin's lyrics start with all American self-hatred runs deep. White boys, all I see whenever I sleep. Niggas think I think these thoughts on purpose, but I knew about NSYNC for cash could rule me. You know, um, Tyler has, has a similar line, which once again, doesn't surprise me. Um, but, Tyler being such a hero for Kevin, but um, I don't know, like, 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 I don't know, just lyrics about uh, his uh, homosexuality, um, very poppy, catchy, or not poppy, but catchy hooks, um, super groovy, uh, super like bass banging. Once you want to jump up and down, and then everyone had pretty good verses, and um, I will say the hook at first didn't get me. I did think that the hook was a wrong move with the kind of like almost strobe light vibe of it. But after like two or three lessons, it kind of caught on to me. But I definitely think the beat and Kevin's verse are Kevin, the beat in general and Kevin's first verse are the highlights in my opinion. This song, it, it just wins on it. It's got great, great sound, great craftsmanship. It's got a great hook. It's got verses that are actually talking about something and are wrapped well. So great technique. So it's winning in all categories, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Alan? Yeah, for me, this is one of my favorites, too. It's Mark, you mentioned that it sounds a lot like Brockhampton. To me, like classic Brockhampton, to me, it sounds like like a really, like an old rap song, an old rap banger that's mm-hmm. like really aggressive. And I know I, I can appreciate that, especially coming off the middle part, which I didn't like as much, that had a lot of pop on it, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing... One thing that I did want to highlight is how each I love the way that each member who gets a verse kind of has his own flow where Matt's coming in and he's he kind of has a nice group where he says like he's going like pretty fast. And then we get another like another another like chorus from Kevin going, don't shoot up the party, don't shoot up. And it just does that. And then and then Joba comes in and has his own verse when he says, um, what's the issue why you gotta grab that pistol Ugh. and like was the end of that part i did not like that part at all to be honest like, well, to me, <laughs> see i agree with milo like it sounds like obviously it sucks when i do it but when when jo- when joba does it it really makes it feel like like a like i don't even know how to do it it's almost like primal the way that the way that he's rapping with the flow mm. and it just contrasts really nicely with um with the verse or with the chorus when Kevin's saying don't shoot up the party and then just to end it on don't shoot up the party again but then then to bring in bareface and have it do the same like weird style ending that we've been getting on these on these tracks it's this is I mean this is probably one of my very favorites too so this is probably a lock for the for the playlist if I'm being honest this one yeah the song's fucking good yeah it's a fucking great song um after that's the light part two, or is that the prayer? No, the prayer. No, it's the Miller. useless, shortest song on the album, and so glad it's so short. Just two minutes of. <laughs> oh, you're going to hell. Speak your mind, dog. Speak your mind. <laughs> Speak your mind. It's a complete waste. It was like <laughs> random boys to men. It just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I, there's not much to say. It honestly, that it's just like it's basically them trying to be like boys to men. There's, there's like no music. Okay, some music comes in about halfway through or whatever, but it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. It's definitely not hip hop. This is a vocal. It's the vocally focused song, and it's weird to me because 
because it was completely vocals and because obviously, like I said, it's like this boys to men kind of hymn they're singing or whatever. It, it made me wonder why it wasn't the last track because that's how they ended with ballads. They would end their like saturation one ended with the ballad, uh-huh. saturation two ended with the ballad. And then here you have what is, I guess, in the same ballpark as a ballad, but it's the second by last, so. also. Yeah. It, I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. No, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Like you said, this was supposed to be a pop heavy song, but then they switched up. So maybe they, that, that's what happened. Like they kind of like with Peggy's album, how there was that business with the intro was supposed to be on the other or whatever. Yeah. And it ended up being, oh, yeah. so maybe that's the same story here with the light part too. Being the last I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say that. I think that they put this track here for a really specific reason. And I mean, I can't really say for sure what that reason is, but like you said, it's not, it's for sure not a rap song. I would call it like a gospel song, but. Yeah, this is, this is a hymn. This is a hymn. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking hymn. <laughs> but what, what it reminded me more of than Boys to Men was like, we, like they joined on a Kanye, on a Kanye just discussion forum. To me, it reminded me of on College Dropout when Kanye does All Fly Away and he has. And he has that whole chorus where he just sings that old that old gospel hymn. That's what it really reminded me of here. And to me, I mean, Brockhampton, like we say, they could be famous in a number of different genres. And I think that if they wanted to just like hold the most fire church, they could fucking do it. Oh yeah, with tracks like this. Yeah, if they wanted to do uh, uh, what what did Connie call his? Oh, a Sunday Jesus service. If they yeah, wanted to do a Sunday, Sunday service, service, they could do one. I definitely think they could do one. <laughs> yeah, see, I wouldn't know if I would go to Sunday service or if I would go to Brockhamptons. I would probably go to. Kanye's, I'd go to. I'd, but... I'd go to. I'd go to Brockhamptons actually. I'd go to Brockhamptons to be honest, because I can relate to Brockhampton more than can I. I can relate to Kanye. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a Kanye guy. These are yeah. both. These are both great. So it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It'd be um, really two great competing churches. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I liked. I like this a lot more than Milo did. It's a. Uh, it's a gospel song, though. So if you are expecting a trap banger, I'm sorry. Then I guess it's not good. Mark. So here's here's the thing, though. Which I, well, I don't like this song. It's the, it's not even a gospel mm. song. It's just a hymn. It's a it's, it's a straight up old school hymn. Um, it's a choir hymn, and I never liked hymns in my life for the most part. <laughs> and so <laughs> you heathens, you heathens. <laughs> And so for me, it, just, it didn't really, like, I was like, yeah, no, this is not it for me. Um, and it really does suck that, like, this was, like, I mean, it wasn't the finale, but this was, like, the bareface finale in a way. Um, like, in a way of, like, giving him his finale. Um, but, so I just, I'm reading this on Genius, and it seems like it's, it's a, a group of them um, praying, obviously led by Bareface, but praying over Joba after his father committed suicide. And so it's like, Lord, one of the lines says, uh, what is it? Uh, he needs you more. Uh, I want you to let him know that he's still loved, you know. Um, God bless him. He'll him with your light. You know, it's, it's just it's a whole little hymn. And so, like, it's sweet. It's cool. And I will, I do, I, so I'm not like Milo. I don't completely see a purpose place. I do see its purpose in leading up to the light part too. So, like, it's it like, as, so as a prior lead up to that, that makes sense. But, I don't know. To me, it almost would have seemed better to have this on the light part one. I don't know why it would be on part two. I don't know. It just seems like it'd be better for part one. And I would have actually even liked it more if it was like 
as much as I don't like long tracks, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't, this doesn't really hold as a separate track because it feels like it's supposed to be its own individual thing. Whereas if this was attached to like the beginning of the light part one and they would have made that like a six minute song and just had this and have it switch into the light, I actually probably would have enjoyed it more just because by itself in a standalone, this seems completely fucking pointless. But tied to the light or tied to the light part two, it makes more sense. So can I give you guys my like theory about it and my reading? But it's, I mean, this is definitely me giving Brockhampton credit, but to me, when we get to the light part two, we're going to talk about how Joba has kind of this new confidence and has accepted his father's death. And I feel like has now has the light within him, whether we want to say that's God's light or just some kind of maturity and peace about his father's suicide. And so to me, this is kind of, Mark, I liked what you said, how every all of Brockhampton came and prayed over Joba with this song. And then later in the light part two, Joba will take that new, those new prayers he got with Brockhampton and these new things that he's learned and this new connection with God he has after this song to be able to step forward into the light part two with peace about death and with understanding and with the light within him is, is just kind of my reading of why they would put this kind of strange gospel track right before the last song. Cause to me, the last song is all about Joba's kind of grown up that confidence and grown up the peace with where his dad is and what his dad did. But now knowing that the light is now within him instead of his dad, mm-hmm. my reading at least. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it's interesting if, I don't know if I would, I don't know what I'm obviously definitely don't. I do not mean this in a diss by any way, in any way, but I do wonder if Joba is one, the most sensitive person in the group, because when they did Boston calling in 2018, I believe, um, is when that, that's when, uh, Amir got kicked out the group and they played uh star on stage and Amir or not, uh, Joba started crying during Amir's verse. And like, they had to go and hold Joba. So I just wonder in general, cause if he's just like a, a more sensitive uh, spirit like that, but I mean, either way, having your father commit suicide, whether you're sensitive or not, it's obviously going to blow your world, but it's, 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 it's interesting that they kind of made an album. I don't want to say this album isn't centered around it, but it's obviously a pretty big theme for this album or at least the leading theme for this album, if you kind of had to pick it. Um, I don't know. Every other thing for every other album was always more grand in terms of the group. But so it's kind of, I think it's kind of cool how they let um, Joba kind of take the spotlight, knowing that like he really needs support right now. And so I kind of like that. It it really shows you like, I will say more than anything of any music group I've heard, Brockhampton does resemble the most of a family. 100 percent it resembles the most of a family as soon as amir left it was not like they were kicking out a group member it's like they were kicking out a family member and it fucked them it completely fucked them up they were emotionally disturbed then they made a whole fucking album about recovering from that and so um they really are family i'll give them that 100 percent. and it's cool that this album was about joe because i feel like he's never gotten that kind of like spotlight the way that kevin abstract does kind of being the like Mm -hmm the face of the band or even even like a bare face does kind mm-hmm. of being like the white guy who plays guitar and sings or mm-hmm. merlin the guy who his That's name weird. is merlin and says <laughs> weird ass shit yeah you're merlin the guy whose name is merlin <laughs> yeah <I love that. laughs> um that's so merlin 
so Merlin. That's so Merlin. <laughs> well, that's it. Um. All right. Yeah. Like part two. What, what do you? Yeah, guys... I was gonna say. What did you think of it? I. I mean, I thought it was just a great close because we've talked about how this is like this is Jobo's album. This is his coping with his father's death, and when he comes in and he he's talking about how hold up and pull pull it like pulling it up he in in his in his in his, in his verse he talks about look at me now all in my glory overcame a lot that's a different story abandoned by the life giver looking back at my life different deep cuts in the dusk of the final gas before your life flashed what happens when you die does it fade to black i sense you in my skin and the trucker cap missed it when we laughed didn't trust my intuition when i saw the cracks and so he goes, I won't continue reading, but he does go through all of this. And then eventually he comes to more of a peaceful place where he says, always be, be a little man following your footsteps. Even though I'm mad, even though you're gone, you live on. And the day I have kids and tell them about grandpa and how great he is. It, I love the way that he transitions from trauma to peace just yeah, on this one song. Nice. And really, yeah. And really through this whole album, I think, I think it's great. So to me, the like, like yeah, this definitely is not an album that had like just straight bangers like like Saturations did, but this is really dealing with Joba's trauma in a way that I thought felt really authentic, but still the whole album did bring it in with it had bangers on it too. So to wrap it up like this, I just thought it was incredible and goes into like why I like this album so so much and I think to me it going to stand as Brock Hampton's best post Amir album like and that's saying a lot for me because I really like Ginger as well but yeah about this track I really do like it but I'll I'll be done Mark well actually uh I kind of so I want, I want to actually just get that real quick so you kind of mentioned a little bit I don't know I want to hear more so why do you like this more than Ginger like what because I know you really did like Ginger a lot so why does it like supersede Ginger for you so for me it's because it has it has the rap that we talked about like it okay. like remember we started with this song isn't rap the one with jpeg mafia yeah. and to me it like clearly is and yeah, okay fine <laughs> it, and so to me it took like the one thing that ginger was missing which was kind of the brockhampton turn up song you know mm-hmm. which like a song like fake off saturation one i really like oh, that's a great song too and and to me this brought that back with like with, I mean, the first two tracks brought it with, like, guest features, and then it even brought me another song, but also ha- gave it, like, a socially conscious bend without sacrificing its, like, banger qualities with Don't Shoot Up the Party. Mm-hmm. I thought was just, a, like, one of their best banger songs, but still fits in on this, like, very dark album super well. And the only, like, and that's a really tough balance to strike. Like, I don't know, Atrocity Exhibition is another album that does that super well. And this one does, especially with Don't Shoot Up the Party. But to me, the way the rapping is on this folded into the storytelling. Ginger also is a great storytelling album, reflecting on all those things that happened with Amir. But this mm-hmm. one with the bangers, with how personal Joba gets, to me, it's even better. And Brockhampton, like, I can't wait for what they're going to bring us on their last album. It, it sucks that it is going to be the last album, but I can tell this had a lot of catharsis on it. And I can tell this 
has some bangers and some songs I'd love to hear acoustically like also. So to me, it's, they just kind of hit a home run on every level, except for those like middle two tracks, but it doesn't take away from me. Milo. I don't really have much to add. The, despite the substance of the song being as powerful as it is, the song is still a uh, skip for me. I wasn't, I would say that the musically the song's better than the light part one. I can get on board with what's going on in the production a lot more than I could because it doesn't have like that dissonance that was going on. And yet there's yet another, like a guitar riff going on in the background. So that's pretty much all I have to say about, uh, is it a good, is it a good outro? I feel like if you flipped it and then you did, if you really want to keep dear Lord on this album, as Mark mentioned, that song goes better with the light or the light part two, but I would go further to say like flip it and then have dear Lord come on the tail end and then close off the album that way. And then it's more in line with their earliest projects. I guess that would have been more satisfying. And I'm saying that as someone who's not the, like the hugest Brockhampton fan. So that's, that is that's one, all. I'll, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that is maybe one element that might be a little bit insular to their fans is that part of the reason why I get, why I got so involved with this album is because I consider myself a Brockhampton fan and have kind of like followed their story since 2017. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, I know it's kind of like maybe a parasitic relationships to think of it like this, but I feel like they've kind of been growing and maturing along the same timeline that I have almost Mm -hmm. where, where it's just been, it's just wild to look back on how far things have come and just being in like knowing about them really made Joba's story kind of like, really hit home for me emotionally um so i i think your criticisms are really valid and i guess to the listeners you know maybe maybe this album does appeal to a brockhampton fan like oh just a little bit more uh, i think might be a fair criticism but i would say i mean especially because once again we're diving into the narrative of uh more loss like if you know how they've already been experiencing loss their entire past two years, which is Amir being away. And like, this is a different type of loss, but nevertheless, a uh, big loss. And so when, yeah, we felt like we've been growing with them. We've seen them in the spotlight. We've seen how hard the spotlight was for them. We've seen them almost get brought to their knees. Uh, and then we've seen them try to come back. We've seen them be trying to, so like, yeah, if you're a part of the narrative, this means a lot to you. Like just straight up, you know, um, personally, I'm basically with Milo. Um, there were parts of this that I thought were dope. I like Kevin Abstracts the most. Um, I really liked Kevin's uh, lyrics. Sick of these niggas giving me false info. Like I ain't grew up on MTV Boondocks and the Chappelle show. Um, I like that. Uh, he had another line on here that I really like. Um, oh, um, Back then, had Jeezy on repeat in your whip, no peace in my streets. And these days, no license, only take the Jeep if my boyfriend is driving. Plus, he got the kind of skin that make the police like him. Ever since I was a kid, I always felt so frightened. My mama from the ghetto, her vote go to any nigga that keeps Jesus in the convo. Me and her just got on good terms. Thank God for them unexpected turns. 
I that that really meant a lot to me considering I went back home for Easter this past week and me and my mom had like a real serious combo just about my childhood and like um you know just kind of like what I wanted for my life and what she wanted for my life and just stuff like that and so uh and like me and my mom just started getting on good terms like four years ago and I'm 20 years old you know and so uh when he said that and then me just literally having that conversation last week with her was just like man Super related to that, you know, which when, when especially the line where he says her vote go to any nigga that just keeps Jesus in the combo because she's a Christian. Like that's my mama. Yeah. Like so like any girl that keeps Jesus in the combo. So I don't know. I just um I really, really related to Kevin's verse. So I think that's why I really liked it. Um and and like Joe Bus was just not I mean once again, he's just Joe Bus is not that great of a rapper in general. Like he just not in terms of inflection or appeal or mic presence. Um so I mean uh it kind of takes away musically but same with like part one content wise everything is still there though still deep just not attractive to listen to in my opinion wait okay so this is like much less serious but remember earlier we were mentioning that song on saturation one that's like and i like them white boys except that nigga sean mendez yeah and now kevin's saying that every guy he dates is white yeah, no, and Kevin, Kevin's been saying, dude, I've said this, I think I said it on the last podcast, I think it was on the last podcast, I mentioned, uh, oh yeah, you mentioned how Jaden was supposed to be David and Kevin Abstract, and I was like, no, 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 remember, I said that because I was like, Kevin only dates white boys, <laughs> both Kevin and Tyler, You, I've heard at least five lyrics from each of them about the boy I have with me, or boy riding the passenger seat's a white boy. Both Kevin and Tyler have those same exact bars. So, well, you know what? I was this is this is like we're getting off topic and anything go kind of soon. But I was watching a, a review for this album, and he and the guy who was reviewing was like this black dude, and he called out Kevin like, "Oh, you're not going to go out with a black guy." But then I was like, "Well, if he was straight and he was a black guy saying you got a white girl, then he would be high fiving." Yeah, high five. Got a white anyway, boy. That, you got the pinnacle white success. <laughs> but like. But I don't know. It's just it shows how like inherently sexist I think we still are. That like yeah. a white girl is just like this trophy. But anyway, yeah. off topic. Um. But yeah. So I mean, that's so that's the normal version of the album. If you're on like Spotify or Apple Music, apparently there's a physical copy that has four more tracks that I did not even know about. So I've not listened to those. I didn't either. But uh, if you do, let us know how they are. <laughs> <laughs> leave a comment. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Um, I'll probably listen to it sometime. I'll find them on YouTube. But uh, yeah, so that's the album overall. Um, kind of heard all general jaws, heard the general feelings. My, since we've all listened to the, hey, I think that's for fun. Since we've all listened to, um, unless we do a Brockhampton side dish, I don't want to rank them if we do a Brockhampton side dish at some point. Well, we wouldn't do a Brockhampton side dish until the next album, right? Until next album, anyways. All right, anyway, so I'm going to rank it right now. As of right now, my ranking goes Saturation 1, Saturation 2, Iridescence, Saturation 3, Roadrunner, Ginger. Alan? So for me, it's it's actually going to go 2, then 1, Roadrunner, Ginger, 3, actually, uh, yeah, actually three, then iridescence. Okay. Milo, I don't even know if you remember all the albums, but if you do, you got a list? And there's six total, right? Yes, this is six album. Okay. 
So in ascending order from least desirable to most. No, no, we all did most. Start with most. Otherwise, it'll be confusing. (laughs) Okay. So in descending order from most desirable to least, iridescence. Yeah, that's right. Saturation three. (sighs) Saturation two. Saturation one. Criminal. Saturation. There's no (laughs) one. And then I had really had to think about if I had to be forced to listen to Roadrunner or Ginger again. (laughs) I could listen to Roadrunner, it'd be less of a chore. So Roadrunner and finally Ginger. I agree with you on the last two, but goddamn, bro. Like you're so wrong with Saturation One, dog. <laughs> like Saturation oh, you're One. You're the only one here who likes Saturation One more than two, and I think it's just nostalgia that you've listened to one. No, I've no, I've tr- dude, I've really tried. And my favorite Brockhampton song is from two. So like trust me, I've tried. Junkie's my favorite Brockhampton song. But in general, to me, saturation one is perfection and the balance of heavy beats aggressive verses and poppy hooks it is the perfection of that Whereas yeah two, but two is like know. better though <laughs> <laughs> he thinks three is better than all of them what you I say mean, three is like my least favorite of the three <laughs> Three's the least favorite of the trilogy bro. So, okay so we all have a different favorite saturation i think that's fine in fact, all of our favorites together are one, two, and three. Yeah. Well, it was, okay, so this does show then at least if all of our favorite Brock Captain albums are in the Saturation series, what what does that say? Does that, I don't know, does that say anything? Like, I don't know. Does it mean that, I don't know, I want to say falling off, but to some degree, are they not hitting on the same level or what's up? Well, I mean, it's like what you said. There, you're going to find something you like from Brockhampton. It's like the general store, the, like the department store yeah. of music. Like there's there's something in there, the the Spencers of music. Like there's something in there that appeals to you. But I guess what I'm saying is the fact that all of our number ones are albums from the Saturation trilogy. Does that say? Oh, something? you mean that they didn't? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, I see what you mean. No, no, no. Okay, so when I said out of the Saturations, all of our favorite Saturations make up one, two, and three. But if we do all of our number ones, mine is iridescence. Oh, that's right. My bad. I, I keep thinking yours is saturation three. I forgot. Your, your number one is iridescence. All right. Never mind. Screw what I just said then. <laughs> um, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised of how much you liked iridescence. I didn't think you were going to like it as much as you did. Um, I thought you were going to like it by a mere less, but you you were fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> well, and, and Mark, to like, even though like your example didn't end up being like completely like true for us three i think that part of when when i was saying that like we've watched brockhampton kind of like mature in front of our eyes it's hard for me to just like to rank them in that way feels kind of weird to me and that like this album is like i'm just asking this album is doing something so different than the saturation trilogy that it's Mm -hmm. kind of like comparing puppies and chocolate ice cream like they're just i I don't know you could say you could say you like one more than the other, but what does it really mean? So like, I, don't, really I don't know if you meant to bring anything. it up, but you just referenced puppies. And as a Brockhampton fan, I hope you remember the album that was supposed to come out before Amir got kicked out was Puppy. They made the Saturation Trilogy, and then the next album was Puppy. It was supposed to come out. I actually had forgot all about that. Yeah. Puppy was the next full Brockhampton album after the Saturation Trilogy. The first album they made while actually being famous. And then it got scrapped because Amir got kicked out the band. And obviously, I mean, that nigga's the cover for the first three albums. Obviously, he's an integral part. So you can't just take out his verses. So they had to literally make a whole new album. So there is a 
Brockhampton follow-up album to the Saturation Trilogy that has the entire cast that we'll never get to hear. And it bugs the it. fuck out of me. I don't do Kev, I bet you all the group members have it as like MP3s on their phones, probably. I bet it's probably bangers, bro. It's probably bangers. I'm so like I'm so hot that we'll never get to hear those songs, dog. But I it could also it could also have been coming from a time that was really uncomfortable for them if they were dealing with the allegations. So what? maybe it wasn't that great. I know I'm saying but the album was already read like made before the allegations. They were promote they're promoting the album like that uh February is like February, um, January is, and so they're promoting the album before the allegations. It was just they canceled the album once the allegations came. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll never know. It's just part of the mysterious Brockhampton extended universe. One one day, one day, Kevin's gonna like leak it online, like five years from now. (laughs) Well, dude, what if Amir leaked it? Dude, if anyone should, it should be. Did y'all ever listen to uh, Amir's EP when he dropped it? You no. never listen to it even, Doc? Why? No. Well, I mean, well, now we're gonna have to do the canceled artist. Discussion. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Let's I'll bring it back up when we go when we when we talk about that side dish. Okay. Yeah, because I need to get going. So yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. We need to spiceometer this. <laughs> All right. Uh spiceometer. I am going to put this at a kind of spicy. Um, like I mentioned, I don't think it's that good. It's my second least favorite Rockhampton album. Um but it is getting kind of spicy because I think the certain tracks like Buzz Cut and uh, Don't Don't Show Up at the Party are fire tracks. And I think it does have some really great hooks, especially like the one with the Charlie Wilson feature. I thought that was the best hook on the album. So, I mean, it had some good stuff, but over the most part, I thought it had kind of wasted features, especially with the ASAP crew um, and Peggy. I thought those were wasted features. They didn't use them to their highest degree. I thought the production was lacking. I thought the hip hop production was boring for the most part. Um, and though I like the, the theme of the light is, you know, I mean, uh, it seems a little de- like the light seems a little deep fakeish to me, but like I, where it's coming from is an authentic place. And so I could see that. And so like, I respect it, but like, they didn't work it into the album in the way that sounded super good. Like the light and the light part two and dear Lord are three kind of wasted tracks in my opinion um content wise they're good but musically they're wasted tracks so yeah that gets a kind of spicy for me alan i mean i you guys know i love this album and you 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 use the word fake deep and i don't think that's what you really meant i think you meant that it's authentically deep but the music you didn't always like as much no, so the idea of the light and anytime, like, so I read about them describing the light in interviews and what they were talking about it, and the way they kind of describe the light seems like they're trying to be deeper than it really is, so I, I do mean fake deep. It seems like it, but I think the, what the pain that's inspired them to, like, have this light concept is an authentic pain, so. Yeah, I mean, to me, talking about the light is not fake deep, and whether or not, like, because I didn't read any outside interviews or anything. To me, the way the light was presented to me felt like a genuine way to cope with his father's death. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. for me to call that fake deep, I would be very. I find that kind of assumptive. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I, I like this album a lot. There's those two songs in the middle that I don't, that I don't really fuck with as much. But to me, like, the first two tracks are are bangers. And if you like saturation, you're gonna like those too. And then. 
once don't shoot up the party comes on, you're going to love that one too. And if you're someone who can, who can put up with a ginger and can deal with kind of a longer indie rock focused song, I think this album is not going to disappoint. And especially towards the end of the light part two, talking about how did it feel pulling the trigger, like really like emotionally like got to me. And I Mm -hmm. think that's about as high a praise as I can say about music. Mm -hmm. So um, to me, this is, this is very spicy. This is maybe one of my, this is, I mean, maybe my favorite post and mirror album from them. Maybe it's my favorite album from them, but it's hard for like ranking Brockhampton albums to me is kind of like, like arbitrary it says more about like where i was at the time almost um but i'm rambling i loved it very spicy milo okay so i'll be brief the hammer pulled back did you think of me line makes a lot more sense now in in the context of it being a suicide that uh, actually hit pretty hard once it clicked in my head so the thing is i listened to this album that was a that was a bad joke i couldn't even i'm sorry i apologize We'll just edit that out. Um, <laughs> I think you leave it in. I mean, I'll leave it in. <laughs> you want to leave it in? I'll leave it in. <laughs> okay. At any rate. We embrace the awkwardness I'll... here on Hungry Hip Hop, baby. <laughs> Three, I had two... to shoot my shot. Three... Stop it. <laughs> so let's just break it down. I messed up when I listened to this album the first time I left my shuffle on. So I didn't even hear it as a coherent thing. Like it was bouncing all around and I noticed. So I had to listen to this album a second time. That's the only reason I listened to it a second time. And it was just as much of a chore to get through as it was when I was on the first time on shuffle. And if I'm being honest, I'm skipping eight out of 13 songs on this album. And as I mentioned at the outset, that's over half. So in light of the you know, of getting through it twice and it not being very pleasant and how much I would be skipping over, like on a casual listen to this, I'm going to have to give it a not spicy. Fair. fair. Cool. All right. Uh, two for the playlist. I mean, I feel like we're probably all going to agree. My two are buzz cut and don't shoot up the party. Alan? So I'll definitely throw on don't shoot up the party. Mm. But I don't know. I don't want to just pick the same two as you, right? <laughs> How's it going to show we're different Brockhampton fans? <laughs> yeah, because I, because then I would just be picking like the two bangers. But you know what? No, I'm gonna. I'm a Peggy guy. I'm gonna go chain on. <sighs> okay, Milo, you know what to do. <laughs> Milo, you know what to do, dog. You know what to do. Wrap this shit up. Oh. Wrap this shit up. <laughs> I was hoping you'd at least pick I'll take you on or something. But no, you didn't like that. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't really fill in that part of the album too much. So it makes sense. <sighs> um yeah, it's gonna be buzz cut and shoot up the party. Like <laughs> okay. the obvious one is <laughs> <laughs> those are the bangers. Buzz cut is the best song on this album too, so yeah. Um all right. So that's it for our review of the brought the latest Brockhampton album roadrunner new light new machine sorry you did not get the review of chance rappers acid rap last week if you haven't checked it out go check it out we dropped two albums or two episodes this past week sorry we missed one week freak fire so we dropped two episodes this past week so make sure you check out both of them um one of them is chance rappers big day review that and go check out to see what the hungry hip-hop crew thought about that but anyways next week unless drake or somebody drops or kendrick we will be reviewing chance rappers acid rap so be ready for that next week Peace, y'all. Thanks for listening.